Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. And we return to Our American Stories. And up next, a story from Carl Merlantis. Carl is the author of the award-winning books Matterhorn and What It's Like to Go to War. Books that took him 30 years of reckoning and soul-searching to write after his service in Vietnam. While in Vietnam, Carl and his Marines were engaged against the North Vietnamese Army, often called the NVA. And in so doing, Carl earned many medals, including the second highest award for valor our country bestows. That would be the Navy Cross. But Carl often asked himself a question. Why did he receive the awards when others who hadn't been awarded had done so much more? Here's Carl with the story. The NVA had dug in on a, a couple of hills on Mudder's Ridge, and at that time I had been promoted to the company executive officer. We were on, a, on the assault, and I, I couldn't stand to not be with my platoon because I'd just, just given them up to take the new job and uh, the new, brand new platoon commander. We'd only been in one firefight, so I just I, I joined the platoon just to help out. And uh, there was a kid that uh, 
was clearly, you know, panicked. And if you don't seat the magazine of your, of your M16 correctly, it won't work. And he was, his hands were trembling and he was on the ground and there was a machine gun nest above us. And, you know, and I hit the ground next to him and he was just shaking with fear. Yeah, I knew him, good kid. And, uh, I, and I could see right away that he hadn't seated his magazine. That was what he was, because he thought his weapon had failed him. And so I, I, I took the rifle from him and I seated the magazine correctly and I handed it back to him and I said, don't go up there, don't go up above. We were in a little sort of deftly, a little sort of a very shallow dip in the ground so the bullets were flying over our head. And so we were safe where we were. I said, don't go up there because they had cut the jungle away from the ground up about to knee height. Everything else was hidden by the, all the foliage, but if you put your eye on the ground, it was absolutely clear all the way up to the machine guns. And it was, it's a classic tactic, they'll shoot your legs. And then when, you're, when your legs go, your body goes down into that same kill zone and then they take you out, hit your body. And he nodded his head and said, yeah, and okay. So I, I said, okay, and I took off because I had other things that I had to do. I was trying to keep this assault organized. And he took off running straight up the hill toward the machine gun. And I, to this day, I don't know why he did that. And my guess is that he felt, I'm guessing that he felt embarrassed or something because he had, he had sort of gotten down on the ground and gotten scared. And he was gonna, you know, not be scared anymore and I get tearful because he charged that machine gun. Well, he went down. I heard him say, I'm hit. And I couldn't see him, but I could hear him up there and the bullets going over and I came running back and, and the platoon sergeant heard him cry out too and he came out the other way and I said, you know, it's, I won't use his name. And it was like, now what are we gonna do? Because he's up there. He's alive because I heard him cry out, he's hit. And so I remember thinking, I mean, this is really weird. I wanted a medal. And I remember going like, you know, if you, you're not, I'm not in charge of the platoon. I was sort of just supernumerary because I just left the company headquarters. I mean, headquarters, I mean, it's stupid. It's, they were just, you know, hundred yards away from me, but, but I remember thinking, I, I made a joke with a guy named Ring, he was then a staff sergeant. And I said, if I go up and get him, I said, y you write me up for a medal. And, you know, ha ha. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, I'll write you up for a medal. Be, it'll be posthumous. Huh. You know, that banner went right back and forth. But I wanted to go get the kid because, you know, he was in my platoon. And I knew he was in trouble. And at the same time, it was like, you know, grab a little glory here. It's hard to imagine, but you know, you're 22, 23 years old, and it's, that's, in your, that's in your psyche, I think. So I went up there with mixed motives, and in order to reach him, I had to keep the heads of the machine gunners down so they couldn't, they couldn't be firing at me and, and actually aiming. And so I, I was firing my M16 at the machine guns it was a one machine gun in a bunker up above us. And crawling up this really steep hill, I mean, very steep, and shooting up at the machine gun. And I found the kid and I remember trying to drag him 
down the hill. But I couldn't move him. He was a big kid. And so I wrapped myself around him and, and turned ourselves sideways and so I could roll with him. And so with rifle between us and me grabbing him and rolling, I rolled all the way back down, got him down there and Doc Yankee was there. He, he was a Navy corpsman and started working on him right away. And uh, then he stopped. I never forget this because it's, it's so, these Navy corpsmen are just incredible people. He was sucking vomit out of this kid's mouth and blood and spitting it to try and, and keep him alive. And I was just sitting there, you know, watching this. I mean, and all this is happening in maybe a few minutes. And he stopped and he looked up at me and he, and he held his head and pointed to his head and there was a bullet hole in it. And he said, I can't save him. And he dropped him and took off because he had other wounded people screaming for help. Um, and I started thinking, if he was alive and talking and there was a bullet in his head, how could he be alive and talking? And it suddenly hit me, it's like, my God, maybe I put the bullet in his head. That's a horrible feeling. And it wouldn't have felt so bad if my motives had been pure, but my motives weren't pure. And so although I was brave, I was brave for mixed motives. I wanted to go save him, but at the same time, I did kind of want to get a medal. I wanted it, you know, haha. Uh -huh. Well, be careful what you wish for. And uh, to this day, I don't know if, if I killed him or the NBA killed him because the bodies got stacked up in stacks on the hill and, and unfortunately a mortar round hit all the bodies and it was just carnage. All the, these guys that, you know, just hours before had been alive and friends of yours and you don't, you, you haven't seen anything, you don't know what carnage means until you see a mortar round hit a bunch of bodies. Um, boy, uh, <laughs> how did I get on, okay, so anyway, we went through several days of, of, of being assaulted by this larger NBA unit that we had just managed to insert ourselves into a, a regiment that had been on the move down Mudders Ridge. So they sort of sealed us off because we were right smack in their path, all their resupply and everything. And that's why we got surrounded. And I can remember we counted out the, the bullets because it was monsoon. We couldn't get resupplied. and. Uh, we had seven bullets left each. We redistributed all of our ammunition so that everybody had seven bullets. Uh, and we knew that the next assault would be all over. It was really as close as I've come to, you know, mortality. And uh, we managed to get out of it because the clouds cleared just enough to bring in ammunition and uh, reinforcements after several, several days of, of really hard fighting. We had been kicked off of one hill and uh, we had a colonel that, that was, you know, and he said, well, you got to take back that hill you were kicked off of. You got to get your pride back. And I was like, I don't want to get my pride back. I mean, we're exhausted and we're, we've lost a whole bunch of our friends. And, you know, anyway, an order is an order. And so we had to go into the assault the next morning. And you've been listening to Colm Merlantis tell the story of what happened on a hill decades ago. More of Carl's story here on Our American Stories.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. And we're back with Our American Stories and Carl Merlantis' story. When we last left off, Carl had just rushed into enemy fire to try to save a fallen Marine. He received a medal for that, but he didn't feel good about it. It felt as if he'd planned to receive the medal. He had, in the end, as he said, mixed motives. The fighting wasn't over, though, and Carl and his Marines were about to go into an assault against a Vietnamese bunker complex. Let's continue with the story. We'd been mortared for days. So this, this larger NV unit had mortar positions and you can't keep mortars supplied with, with ammunition unless there's a lot of people packing mortars. 
So it was a pretty big unit. We went through the jungle, got on the edge of the jungle where there was, where it had been cleared away by napalm. And uh, we're all lined up, ready to go. And uh, the word comes to kick off. And you don't, you don't charge, you don't run. You're full, you're laden with ammunition. And if you try to run up a hill, you're exhausted and you won't make it. You walk up. When you're in an assault, you walk, which is really hard when you're being shot at. And the whole line of bunkers up above us, the NBA were in them, opened up with machine guns. Well, the whole line of Marines went down to the ground, took cover behind logs, fallen logs, and hit the ground. And the assault stopped. Now what? I'm the guy in charge. And if we stayed where we were, the mortars would start hitting us because I knew that, you know, I mean, they'd been shooting us for days and so they'd be zeroed in on us. Marines don't retreat. It's just not something we do. So there's only one, one thing to do is I have to get all these guys up off the ground and take out those machine guns. And there was a guy at the basic school, a redheaded major named Miller. And I remember him telling us, he says, you know, you, you lieutenants, think about this. He says, the corporals and sergeants can do everything you do technically. They can do everything. But someday you're going to know when you're going to earn your pay. There's going to be a day, the time is going to come when you are going to earn your pay and you'll know it when it happens. I can remember him saying that. I was on that hill with a whole line of Marines down on the ground about to get hit by mortars and oh this is what major miller was talking about and here's the difference is that my motives then were i gotta get these guys out of this pickle i was just purely trying to think about how to stop the slaughter that was going to come if we didn't move and all this is going on in seconds i mean it, it, you know it takes me a long time to tell it but it really goes by, it was really a short period of time. And I had an out-of-body experience. And to this day, I can't tell you if that was a spiritual experience or a psychotic experience, but I, I be believe me, this is what I did. I left my body and I looked at the whole situation from some vantage point way up in the sky. I saw everybody laid out on the line. I saw where all the machine guns were up above us. I saw the bunker complex. I figured it all out by looking at it from up in the sky. And I came back down into my body and I started to shout at people to get, you know, like I said, get the M79, man. I want you to take that bunker out. I want you to keep firing at it because we gotta keep that machine gun quiet because I, I gotta get this other machine gun quiet. And if we can get between these two machine guns, then we can start to open up by going down the line and they won't be able to shoot us because they got us in a crossfire. I mean, I was thinking all these things. And there was a brand new kid, I don't even know his name. He, was, he came in with the replacements the day before. Skinny African-American kid, you know, he should have been playing basketball for his high school. And he was a machine gunner. And I said, you gotta take that machine gun under fire. You've got to take it under fire now and keep, it, keep their heads down so that we can get up in between these two bunkers and then we can take them out. And he laid down and started firing very controlled, rip, three shots, four shots, rip, perfect fire control. I just, and I can remember thinking, thank God somebody trained this kid. 
because if you go too fast, you burn your barrels up and you're out of ammo. And as I ran down the line to keep organizing people, I remember seeing his blood pumping out of his leg. It was an arterial wound, because when it pumps like that, it's arterial. I don't know if he lived or not, because we lost a lot of guys, and I, don't, I didn't even know his name, so I don't know if he was the one who lived or died. He might have been wounded and medevaced, or he might have died, but he kept that bunker down, and uh, there's no medal for him. So anyway, now, I, now what? I still got to get the, everybody up off the ground. And so I thought the only thing I could do was stand up and uh, charge those bunkers. That's what I did. I, I said, you know, Major Miller, this is, you know, I remember his voice saying, this is when you earn your pay. And so, so I stood up and I started up the hill all by myself. And it seemed like an eternity, but it probably was about four or five seconds, literally. And I noticed slight movement out of the corner of my eye, and I hit the ground and whirled to shoot at it, because I thought it was NDA. And it was Harding, who was a, a really young squad leader, but really bright kid. And behind Harding came the entire platoon. All of them, all of them came up the hill, swarming up the hill behind me. I mean, I get emotional just thinking about it to this day. You know, you ask why you want to be a Marine. By God, that's right there. That's why you want to be a Marine, because of that heart. They all came up the hill and took out the bunkers. A lot of them, you know, we lost a lot of wounded. Somebody said that we were about 180 in the company, 120 Purple Hearts during that one week long or eight day long fight. So I got the Navy Cross for that. And uh, I feel good about that one. Well, like you say, the Navy Cross is like, you, you can't go to a Navy base or a Marine base in the world and, and buy a drink. I mean, if you're a Navy Cross holder, you're, you're put into a special category. How do you live with that? The kid that was holding that machine gun under his machine gun fire, pumping blood, no medal for that kid. And yet I got a, I got a medal. I, I thought about it a lot because I remember, that, you know, the war, the, the there were a lot of the Vietnam veterans against the war who, you know, I mean, I, was, I thought the war was stupid too and uh, wrong. So I was on their side politically, but they started throwing their medals away. I couldn't do that. I couldn't throw that Navy Cross away or any of my medals. And I said, why is that? And it's because the analogy is the newspapers report who made the touchdown. It's the halfback or fullback that makes the touchdown. They never report on the fact that the entire line was blocking and that that touchdown was impossible without everybody on the team doing their part. And so I hold that Navy Cross the same way that I think that somebody who is an adult holds how he got his name in the paper for making a touchdown. He knows full well the paper gave him the credit for the touchdown, but it, was in, it would not have happened without the whole team. So that isn't my medal. That's my unit's medal. 
that's the symbol in something you can grab of that heart, those kids. And like I said, they're kids taking on those bunkers. And I could never throw that away because it's theirs. It's not, not mine. Yeah, I'm part of it. I mean, I have my share. I'm part of that team. So I feel very proud of it. And I also think about the kids in the bunkers that were shooting at us. They were drafted. I mean, none of them wanted to be there either. Yeah, it was their country. And people talk about how, oh, you know, they were defending, you know, their country. And so they were more motivated. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were more motivated. Who knows? But I, I think if you'd asked any of them, could, would you like to leave now? <laughs> <laughs> they'd have gone home just like the rest of us. So they were there too, you know? And so that medal is part of that. In other words, it's not just, not just the team, the Marines, but it was just everybody on that hill. And so I've come to terms with that medal because I, I've sort of seen it as, a, as a, just a concrete physical object that represents incredible heart. And a special thanks to Monty Montgomery the production on that piece, and a special thanks to Carl Merlantis. And my goodness, what Major Miller said to him, one day you're going to earn your pay. You'll know it when it happens. And my goodness, Carl knew it when it happened. And of course, at the end, him saying, that's not my medal. It's my unit's medal. And that's how he came to terms with it, ultimately. The story of Carl Merlantis, the story of so many soldiers who fought for our country, here on Our American Story. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.